1: Hello everyone and welcome to Clipping Carlson where we bring you the best of the last week in the Keeping Carlson Network. I'm your host Julien Paquette and let's get to it. Is there a worse feeling in fantasy hockey than having a guy on your roster you think will be a fixture, a for sure player you can hold until the end of the season and then noticing that uh, he isn't producing as much as he should for quite some time now? Well, the hosts of the Keeping Carlson Network have gone through a few of these guys this week who, been, who have been making uh, their managers mad lately. Uh, let's start with John Gibson from the Anaheim Ducks, who had a great start of the season, but then his numbers uh, kind of fell off a cliff.
2: Okay, now let's go to Anaheim. Five injuries here, and a couple of them are defensive, right? Hampus Lindholm is out. Josh Manson has been out for a long time, and I wonder if that's part of the reason why John Gibson has continued to make his fantasy managers want to drop him. Maybe they would have wished that he would have gone day-to-day at some point so they could have
1: put him in their IR. Looks like Elon got his wish uh, because uh, the Anaheim Ducks have put uh, John Gibson on their injured reserve on Thursday. But let's hear what Elon and Brian had to say about his actual play. Should you even wait this, uh, the end of this century? Last time he hasn't let in three or more goals was way back over
2: a month ago on February 11th when he shut out the Golden Knights. It's hard to even imagine that happening now. But th- this did happen on February 11th. Uh, John Gibson shut out the Golden Knights. Since then, he's been terrible. Uh, I mean, we've talked a lot about goalies recently, so I don't know how much there is to say. Except, like, if I had him, I wouldn't anymore. I would drop him. And Brian, I see you just recently did the same.
3: Yeah, I finally dropped Gibson to stream in Alex Ndelkovich's start today, which went very well for me against Detroit. So I'm very happy with that. I I feel liberated finally letting go of Gibson. I mean, Elon, you can call him a snoozer. And he was legit on my roster because I I was literally snoozing through Gibson's game on Friday night and I didn't wake up in time to make a move. That's the only reason Gibson even lasted till the end of Saturday on Micah Cupful roster. I guess if anyone who is still holding Gibson and is looking for hope, first off, stop looking for hope. Like, there, there is... Yeah,
2: just say that you we're can, done. <laughs> you can let him go. Uh, Brian, you mentioned that, like, people might be snoozing on Gibson. I feel like he's more than snoozing. It's like, uh, we need a term for when you're snoozing on an uncomfortable bed with no lumbar support, and then you wake up the next morning, and you've got, like, a sore neck and, like, a crick in your back. Like, that's what you're doing if you still have John Gibson on That your is lineup. what
3: happened to me. I fell asleep yeah. on the couch.
2: And how
1: was your neck the next day?
3: It was awful.
1: Connor Garland is another one of these guys who have the is uh, fantasy owners worried. As a Garland owner myself, I gotta say uh, I really welcome this segment from the sh- from short shifts where Ben and Lewis talked about uh, well, what's happening with this guy, and should we expect more going forward? Connor Garland was somebody that a lot of people very early on were were like,
2: no, this looks very sustainable. But a lot of that was based on this massive uptick of shots. Now he's kind of back down to his career average of two and a half. And lately, he's not really playing a ton of minutes either. I mean, 18, 19 minutes is good in his last two games, but he's been down in the 15 and 16 minute range over the last four or five games. And then tonight, we see him demoted down to line three with Derek Brassard and Drake Kajula. You know, he's still getting top power play. It's not like I think Connor Garland is bad now. But I definitely don't think he's the must hold in like 12 team leagues that I kind of
0: thought he was when I thought that he was maybe a lock to get up to the 70, 75 point range. He's looking a bit more like a 60 to 65 point guy, the way he's being used and the way he's shooting the last couple weeks, the thing that has me worried is the shooting, and also Kessel's emergence as a more reliable scorer. At least, you know, in, in the last little while for Arizona, and I think maybe that is taking some of the focus away from making uh, Garland kind of that trigger man when he's out there. Uh, the demotion
1: obviously is not great. He played almost 20 minutes in his last game on Wednesday, so maybe we have to adjust our expectations for Garland the rest of the season. It uh, looks like we might have to uh, be patient a little bit more uh, to see if he can regain his uh, his mojo back. Uh, next up, we have Kevin Fiala. The hopes were high for Fiala after the, his amazing hand of the season last year. Elon and Brian took a deep dive on the uh, Minnesota Wild Winger.
2: What do you think about this guy? He's gone cold. He's been hot. He's not on the best line. Like he's been playing on the third line, according to the line combos. Maybe you're going to, you know, say that, no, that's not the third line because Parisi is on that line. But like, in general, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on Kevin Fiala at this point, who's been a lot more inconsistent than I would have liked, but I'm happy with his production today.
3: I'd say it's not the third line because Kevin freaking Fiala is on that line and Zach Parisi too. But uh, I'm so excited. Like, sometimes things just work out. And just, I couldn't love his stat line today anymore. Time on ice, back up to over 17 minutes. That powerless Minnesota power play, guess what? Kevin Fiala scored a goal, power play goal with it. And then how he only had three assists, guess what? Kevin Fiala added another assist today. So he checked all three boxes that I pointed out as saying, these are all going to fix. They're all going to redeem themselves. And so if Maybe you can try and go to the Kevin Fiala owner and, like, be like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, want to sell high? And maybe they'll be like, oh, finally, Kevin Fiala did something. I can unload him now for some kind of value. You're winning that deal.
2: I mean, yeah, I like it. I have Fiala in one of my leagues. Like, we should point out that was the second power play that Fiala scored from, right? He only played a mid and 25 on the power play. The top unit played a lot more over four minutes for Zuccarello, Bukestad, Caprizov, Suter and Spurgeon. And Fiala was on the second unit. Yeah. They scored a power play goal, which is nice, but it's not exactly like he's got the primo deploymento so far. He's also playing at even strength, Greenway and Ryan Hartman currently, I guess this is main center. So still not a great situation. Uh I guess. Yeah. I like him. He's clearly very talented and I'd love to see more stat lines like today, but on the other hand, like you could say that after a game like today, that's a good time to actually sell high and finally rid yourself of this concerning deployment, which I, like, I agree with you that he's okay. good, but I don't love a second power play guy so, that I could trade for someone really good.
3: So I would be the one approaching you saying, don't you want to get rid of your Kevin Fiala? And you'd be like, oh, yes, please. I guess we'll see. Do you want to make a bet on this at all? Let's make like- a
2: trade. Who, who would you offer me? Let's say, for real, like, in your league, you don't have Fiala in Cacupful. Okay. Who are you offering me?
3: Uh, Sean Monahan.
2: Okay. I think I would do that. Okay. Monahan also just had a big game.
3: There it is. So, Sean Monahan for uh, versus Kevin Fiala from March 15th onwards.
2: Points per game moving forward. I'll take, uh, yeah, I'll take Monaghan over Fiala for
1: that. Okay. Regular uh, points. Not regu- a couple points. Okay.
3: Regular point pace from March 15th onwards done.
1: Other disappointing news for fantasy owners this week where Shane Goss' who showed a sign of life after a disastrous season. He gained back the top power play in Philadelphia but then he was healthy scratch on Wednesday against the Rangers. The Flyers lost 9 to nothing, and Alain Vigneault still healthy scratch Shane Goss' Bear for their next game the day after that. So on Thursday's short shifts Lewis and Elon gave their thoughts on what you should do with the ghosts going forward. Uh,
0: he's been kind of on, the, on the outs lately for his defensive performance, despite the fact that he was on a nice little run of offense with five goals and seven points in his last 11. Uh, so, you know, even, even that total demolition of the defense couldn't get Ghost Bear back into the lineup here. Um, but is it time to get worried about Ghost Bear? i I have my opinion, but I'm curious what you think. Is this guy a drop or a hold?
2: Man, it's really tough, right? Like, at this point, if you're in the type of league where you can wait until the starting lineup announcements before making your decision, then I'd wait and see what happens for Philly's next game, if Goss' pair gets in or not. Uh, If you're in a league like the Cupful where you have to make your ad the day before as a fab bid... Uh, I don't know. It's hard to hold on to him. He clearly doesn't have the confidence of the coach. I don't want to be holding a player that's at risk of being healthy scratch. He was on a great run. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. But it would be hard for me to hold Goss' pair. But it's tough because like when he does play, he's really good. So it might be the kind of guy that, on one hand, I might suggest to drop him if you want to have the certainty of getting your games. But at the same time, he might be a good guy to add if you need to take a swing on someone. But I would probably wait until the starting lineup is announced before adding him for a given day.
0: Yeah, I am going to be on team drop, Ghost bear. pair. You, you said it when you talked about the confidence of the coach i think we've seen uh with vigno that that means a whole awful lot i mean pavel Buchnevich could not get off of the third line for the longest time and now he's just killing it uh now that new york is under different hands you know it's a long road back uh to get out of elaine vigno's doghouse in my opinion
1: another big fantasy disappointment this year has to be philip dano from the montreal Canadiens, who uh has never been a fantasy stud doesn't shoot very much but this uh, 54 point pace of the last uh, during the last two season made him worthwhile in many leagues so him having a difficult season makes him uh, uh, pretty much universally available uh, in fantasy hockey so uh, along with uh, two other montreal canadians uh, he was a suggestions to pick up this week uh, on the streams king
0: uh- Deneau right now is on what's probably considered their third line in Montreal, I'm thinking, playing with Tatar and Armia. Not only all that, but he doesn't shoot or get perifs, so why am I picking Deneau here? Well, simply put, I love the Habs this week. Will they win a bunch of games? Not necessarily, but with their team only scoring three goals in their three losses this past week, I think their team at least responds offensively. At least that's what I'm betting on, and I am indeed a betting man. Montreal plays four times this week on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, with two off-day games in there. They played the Canucks and the Jets as well. The Jets have been in the middle of the pack in goaltending, and I think Demko does come back down to earth a little bit this week. So pick up Philly Deneau this week, and we may have a couple other halves that we're
1: feeling this week as well. Stay tuned. So if you took Dave advice, how did you do this week? Deno had a great game on Wednesday against Winnipeg. He got a goal and an assist, uh, but that's uh, pretty much it as far as points uh, against him. And the Montreal Canadiens, Responded with four goals on Monday, three goals on Wednesday, and then they got damn code on on Friday, uh, scoring only two goals and losing to the Canucks. Let's turn this around now and stop being so negative and looking at disappointments. Let's look at a guy who certainly uh, has made a a lot of uh, fantasy owners uh, happy they decided to pick him in their draft. Uh, Andre Palat from the Tampa Bay Lightning, who's been uh, lights out so far this year.
2: Are we at a point where, at least for the rest of this season, until, like, you know, things change, the lines change or something, which I don't think are going to happen this season, are we at a point where we have to just assume that this Andre Palat point per game is for real and he's going to continue it rest of the way?
3: So you, uh, so Palat is doing about the same <laughs> five on five as he always had. Like, he's not doing anything different than he's done for the last several years. But you are right that I am about to say that everything Palat is adding to his point totals is coming on the power play. Palat has 15 power play points in 26 games. If you do uh, some quick back of the napkin math here, that puts him on a pace for 47 power play points in 82 games, which is wild. I mean, Palat has already tied his career high. 15 power play points, which he racked up in three times as many games back in 2016-17. Of course, he's playing on the top unit, which is really great, but even on the top unit, Palat can't keep this up. Uh, This tempo power play is good, right? Um, They're like pretty dangerous, of course, that goes without saying, but they're also fourth in shooting percentage in the league, which I don't think they're so good that they deserve to be shooting quite as well as they are. So I'd expect some of Palat's production to tail off on the power play so uh Elon I said 47 power play points is not sustainable for the rest of the season what do you think would be a sustainable power play point pace for Andre Polat rest of season.
2: Okay, so you're saying pace rest of season, so like yeah. assuming that we stretch it over 82 games. Uh I normally like a player gets like 25 plus power play points if they're like on the top power play and like a big part of it. And then like the really elite ones we're talking like 30 to 35. So I'll give him like 25 to 30 since he's clearly a big part of this power play.
3: Okay. So take that number, add 35 points full circle here going back to his 5 on 5 production. Add 35 points to that number from 5-on-5, five five, and right there you'll have what a fair expectation is for him rest of season. So what you did, Elon, if you give him 25 points, Pilatus is a 60-point player the rest of the way. Which Wow. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, let's head over now to the Stat Attack, the podcast dedicated to the Cacophel, where Elon filled in for Marcus and had a talk with Matthew from uh, Tier 2 uh, San Jose and talked about his... Uh, Free agent budget management. If you're in a league with uh, an auction system for free agents, you might want to listen to this and, uh, and get their advice on how to manage this, uh, this budget. Regardless of your draft and your trades, you clearly have another way that you've gone
2: and built your team, and that's by going ham in free agency. I just checked, and you have no fab left. You spent all $100 of your fab budget. Are you happy with the return you've gotten from all that spending?
4: Oh, uh, so I have blown all my fab. You're correct there. Uh, I took a minute to reflect on all of the players that I picked up and I'm noticing that I didn't even have a single $1 bid. Uh, it's just, and I am relieved that I have no more fab left because I can't tell you how many times I've picked up my phone in the middle of the night and said, no, 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 one more dollar, one more dollar. Right, this person. Yeah. So now it's just, I have to have a long list of who I want to add. And if someone steals them, well, I will have 10 more people lined up to to draft to, to pick up instead of them.
2: Yeah, I think, honestly, that might be an underrated strategy. Like, there is a lot of stress that goes into trying to figure out how much to bid on a player. And at the end of the day, just because you thought that you wanted, I don't know, Yol Armia more than Adam Boakvist or whatever, might turn out that you're happy that you didn't get Armia and you got Boakvist instead. I'm just looking at players on your team who you've picked up recently. So, yeah, I definitely agree that maybe it's just nice not have to worry about it and you could just set your priority order in the end. You'll get a player and these are waiver wire players. So there's obviously some exceptions, like a crazy good player gets dropped or, like, there's a goalie injury and all of a sudden everyone's rushing to grab Auntie Ranta or whatever. But overall, like, who do you even have left uh, who you've been? Like, did you at least, like, yeah, we're saying it's nice not have to worry about Fab anymore by being at zero. But in the meantime, do you have any gems, prizes on your roster to uh, feel rewarded for spending it all?
4: I'm very happy that Adam Boquist has somehow managed to fall into my lap for just $3 because he has become a fixture on that. Uh, chicago power play and it's really difficult to be able to nail down uh, a, a good power play defenseman so i'm very happy that boquist is still on my team uh after listening to your most recent interview with william nadeau i'm very very happy to have Ilya sorokin on my team
1: if you're not a patron of keeping carlson uh you might be missing on a few things there's a discord chat group where you can get advice uh basically 24 7 from other uh, great fantasy manager. Uh, but there's also the patron cast where, where uh, every month Ibrahim and Elon uh, answer all the questions from from the patrons. Uh, it can be specific questions about uh, one player in particular, but we can also have fun with it. Someone asked Brian and Elon who should play, you know, the Zamboni driver from, from the Toronto Maple Leafs who uh, beat them as an emergency goalie last year, or who should play him in in a movie about this uh, about this night uh, and it gave place to uh, quite the heated conversation
2: can i drop something on
1: you brian so this is not a
2: bold prediction this is a hot take and i think that this will make people mad at me but like isn't david Ayers like so overrated? like he came in it was cool i guess mean
3: overrated
2: like, everyone talks about, like, the, the story. I feel like the mythology of David Ayers is that he was the Zamboni driver that came in and then had this great game and beat the Leafs. Like, I looked at that game's stats. He let in two goals on ten shots. Frozen Tools has this game classified as a really bad start. He has one game and one really bad start. This, to me, doesn't, like, this is not a Disney movie in the making that this guy came in and had a terrible game.
3: He's a Zamboni driver <laughs> playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he didn't lose. I think I think that alone. I don't think anybody thinks he came in and played brilliantly. I'm pretty sure Carolina's goal the entire time he was in there was do not allow a shot on net, like, at all costs. Yeah,
2: like, I'm obviously being a little, like, I'm joking a little bit, but I feel like I'll bet you anything when the Hollywood writer gets the script, and if it's, like, too close to real life, they're going to be like, let me touch this up a little bit, and they're going to be like, how about maybe stopping all the shots, or how about, like, going to overtime and having some really awesome overtime save? Like, I know, like, obviously, it's, it's cool that he came in and did it, but it's, like, the way people talk about him and that they're going to make a whole movie about it, I feel like you need to have a cooler story than a really bad story start according to frozen tools
1: all right so that's it for this week on clipping carlson hope you liked it and and i invite you as always to listen to all the shows on the keeping carlson network the keeping carlson main show on on sundays stream scheme also on sunday uh, short shifts two times a week and the stat attack uh, podcasts dedicated to the cacophol uh every monday So until next week, this has been Julien Paquette and you've been listening to Clipping Carlson. Have a good week, everyone.